What's doing, everybody? Today is Thursday, September 7th. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn joins me on the podcast today to talk about Bidenomics, the border, and so much more. Plus, Tucker Carlson's explosive interview with Larry Sinclair, who claims to have had a drug-fueled sex romp with Barack Obama, sparks a huge debate online. And President Biden disgraces himself by leaving a ceremony for a Medal of Honor recipient, and Karine Jean-Pierre gives the lamest excuse you've ever heard. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lee Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. If you're watching this broadcast live, please go down there, hit the share button, hit the follow, hit the like, comment on the live chat. Uh, help me build the algorithm up here to get as many people into the live broadcast as possible. As always, I appreciate all your support out there. Uh, if you are following me here on Rumble, where I'm going live, make sure you get over to my new channel that I started over there, The Alec Lay Show. I am eventually going to be moving all of these live broadcasts over there on October 1st, so be sure you're following me on that new channel over there as well. I'm archiving these videos so you can check out the back catalog of so many of the great guests that I've been blessed to have on the podcast here, uh, including Larry Elder, Senator Josh Hawley, uh, Judge Janine Pirro, Carrie Lake, and another one today. I've got a phenomenal guest for you. I have the honor of welcoming Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn to the podcast. I'm going to bring her on uh, in just a few minutes once I get her into the Zoom room here. Got a few things to hit you with first. Also, program update. Uh, tomorrow, I will be on Fox Business on the bottom line with Dagan and Duffy. I've been making some regular appearances over there, so I will be on Fox Business tomorrow if you want to check out the segment. I should be on somewhere around 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you'd like to tune in. Uh, so much has happened, and I think you know the, the biggest news that you're not going to see on the mainstream media anywhere is Tucker Carlson's interview with Larry Sinclair that, that went just completely viral yesterday on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, within minutes of posting it, it had millions of views on it and thousands of comments and retweets and uh, likes and the whole bit. Now, this guy, uh, Larry Sinclair, wrote a book about all this stuff. He, here's a guy, just to back this up, he's a guy that claims that he did drugs, you know, smoked crack, snorted coke, and had sex with former President Barack Obama somewhere in the 2008 range. And, you know, he made these claims back in the day and wrote a book about it and was trying to shout out about this. And so now, you know, you have the people from the left just attacking the guy's character, and rightfully so. This guy does have a long rap sheet. Uh, who knows if there's any kind of financial incentive for this guy? You never know. So the left, of course, is always going to try to uh, shout this down because it's against their guy. Uh, now, we saw when you have these accusers that pop up and say these things, we saw them when they're the lefties that do it, uh, such as Christine Blasey Ford, who came out and attacked uh, Supreme Court Justice now. Kavanaugh, who was looking to get confirmed, came out saying, oh, back in college, this guy did this. They made all these wild accusations and claims. And the left was like, oh, she's a hero. 
She's a hero. Believe all women. She's a hero. We saw the same thing with this um, uh, E. E. Jane Carroll or whoever it was claims that President Trump uh, snuck into the changing room there to have a sex twist with her. Uh, And if you see all the women that Donald Trump has been around and then you look at the battle axe here that claim to have had this, uh, you know, passion moment of passion he just couldn't help himself he had to have her um you know of course the left again she's a hero she's really you know so courageous for telling her story uh, so you know and of course the people on the right knock that down it sounds so silly well here's one now from the right playing the game that the, the left likes to play and they went right at barack obama tucker carlson does a full 45 minute interview with this guy who breaks it down i would imagine uh, hard to watch for those on the left uh, it's either the truth is either Barack Obama is more like Andrew Gillum or, or uh, you know, this uh, Larry Sinclair is more like Christine Blasey Ford. One of the one of them's either making up stories or the other guy is true. But here's a clip of the lead into that interview that went just wild and viral yesterday on X. You're just a guy who's in town for the night and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort and next thing I know he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did cocaine with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. Let me just ask the obvious question. What was Obama like on crack? Um, is it your sense that that's who Obama is? Just transactional or that he's bisexual or like what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. All right, so you're going to have to watch the interview. It's a 45-minute interview. You make your own decision on whether or not Barack Obama is gay and slept with this guy. Uh, to, to quote Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, what difference at this point does it make? Because uh, it, does this move the ball forward in getting Joe Biden impeached? That's the main question here. I mean, Barack Obama, uh, you know, we could use the Seinfeld line uh, if he's gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But Barack Obama, okay, we have this bombshell story that he's gay. Uh, Barack Obama, he destroyed our nation's economy. He was terrible with foreign affairs. He, he, he was terrible with health care. Obama was known for so many things that can't be undone. So we find out this stuff. Yeah, okay, this makes for entertainment news. And, oh, he, he's a liar. We know that. So does that put a fine point on it? Maybe. Uh, what, what Barack Obama did with Operation Fast and Furious is what pisses me off, right? What Barack Obama knew about Benghazi and, and, and that entire just tragedy is really what bothers me, right? He knew about Hillary's secret server, spying on Trump's campaign, uh, trading five high-ranking Taliban members for Bo Birdog, who uh, abandoned the troops, right? Barack Obama is many things. He is a racial divider. He divided this nation more than any other president, I think, in history. This guy set back racial relations in this country 50 years by the time he was through. So is Barack Obama gay? I don't know. But does it move the ball forward in getting Joe Biden out of the White House? How does this help the impeachment process to get Biden out of here? Because that's what's really important right now. I know that, you know, the memes are fun. You know, everybody's got the memes that are going around and, you know, 
there's some great ones that are out there. So, you know, have fun with that. And, and that's the online world that we live in right now. But I, I want to know is how does this help us move this ball forward in getting Joe Biden out of the White House? Because this guy is f- following in the footsteps of Barack Obama in destroying this country in every possible way. Meanwhile, he's telling you on Twitter, on X, that he's doing such a great job. Oh, we got jobs, unemployment rate is low. And then you look around yourself, around the world that you live in, and it doesn't match what this guy is telling you is going on. So either this thing is just going to give, you know, more fuel, more ammunition uh, for, the, for the Democrats to weaponize the DOJ now and go after more Republicans uh, because they're going to be fueled up from this. I don't know what happens as a result of this. What's your thoughts? Hit me in the comments down there in the chat. Uh, is, this, is this breaking? Is this the big breaking news? Is this uh, is Obama gay? And if, if so, what does this mean? I mean, I understand Tucker Carlson playing that game of they're accusing President Trump. We've seen so many women come out and falsely accuse him of this and of that. Uh, so is this more of just, you know, Tucker punching back and playing this game on their level? Uh, is this guy telling the truth? Uh, did, did Barack Obama's chef have similar information like this? And was there some foul play that took that guy out? I don't know. Those are interesting questions. And again, if it's not helping our current situation in Washington with removing the Democrats from office, I don't see how it really helps move the ball forward here. Because the American families are suffering in this country right now, especially the ones that are suffering because of the open border policies, the ones that are suffering because of the economic disaster of Joe Biden, the one that he has caused on this country, the one where you go to fill up your shopping cart and then look at the price and fall over. So those are the main concerns here. So the Barack Obama, that was the big story. And of course, the mainstream media will not touch that story. So you're not going to get to see it. And it's funny because I think people live in two different realities where you have millions of people in this country who use Twitter, formerly known as X or now known as X, formerly known as Twitter. Millions of people are on there and it's one of the best places to get unfiltered news because at least you have the opportunity. Tucker has the opportunity to conduct that interview. He never could have held that interview on prime time or on national television. There's no way, even though we saw Christine Blasey Ford interviewed on live TV, they were able to push that one. But this one, there's no way in the world they'd be able to show it. So when you talk to people that are not on X, don't use Twitter, and you have these discussions, they have no idea what you're talking about. One of the other huge stories is the Laura Loomer, who's exposing these uh, Nazi Ukraine fighters that are supposedly now uh, could be uh, working with the CIA. She's got to you got to follow her on Twitter to read this story, because uh, it seems like she's been doing some great investigating on this guy, this bone face guy uh, who look at this guy. How scary is this? These are these uh, Nazi guys that were in Florida standing there holding flags. So her story is incredible. And that and Tucker's were probably the two biggest stories on, uh, on Twitter all week long. And the mainstream media will not cover either one of those stories because these guys that are the Nazi guys are supporting Biden because they're supporting Ukraine. So supporting uh, Ukraine, you're supporting these Nazi guys, which is this has been a, a story that's been going on for a long time. But here's guys that are in the country now and they were right there and Laura jumped on the story. So check that out if you haven't already. But the mainstream media will not touch the Tucker Carlson interview. 
So the only place you can see it is on X. So if you have friends or you have families in your circle, you know, they want, oh, where can I watch it? Where can I watch it? And thank God we do have these platforms. Elon Musk has done more for free speech than anybody has done in the last few decades here. We are now, And also props to Rumble because I'm able to be on a platform like this and share the content or even talk about it, have my own opinion about it. And that is something that is, uh, that is being threatened in this country right now. So at least there is a place, and I, had, and I were to tell you to tell your friends to get on X, get in there, because at least you have a chance to see something outside of what the mainstream media presents to you. And it's so important, because what we're getting on the mainstream media, we're getting so filled up with lies and nonsense. It's hard to even tell anymore what the truth is, what reality is when it comes to the news. So, But we're going to get into a lot of this stuff, because uh, the wide open border is having an effect, just like I had yesterday, or uh, Tuesday, I should say, on the podcast. I had Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears from Virginia, and we talked about the border, and she said, you know, every state is a border state now with this illegal immigration. And it is, it is threatening families all across this country. How is it affecting people in Tennessee? We're going to find out because I'm going to bring on Senator Marsha Blackburn. We're going to talk about uh, this economy. We're going to talk about uh, the open border and what it's doing to Tennesseans. We're also going to talk about Hunter Biden and what's going to happen with him. We're going to talk about so much more. So stick around. I'm going to hit you guys with a quick spot. And I'm going to be right back with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. You're listening to The Alec Lake Show. Hey everybody, Alec Lace's book, First Class Fatherhood, is out. I'm in it. I was blessed to be on his show twice, and he's had a lot of big names on there. All fathers talking about their children, their family experiences, their fatherhood experiences. I talk about our daughter in there. And uh, look, he, Alec is a first-class guy running a first-class show, and, and again, a first-class book. Pick it up, guys. Look for me in there. Read it. You'll be glad you did. A lot of good lessons learned in there. Hey, what's up, guys? Shout-out to my friend, Alec Lace. Number one bestseller, First Class Fatherhood, guys. Amazing people in this book, like teammates Craig Sawyer, David Rutherford, uh, Don Rosso. You got Medal of Honor recipients like Dakota Meyer. You got uh, Bob Carey. You got the world survivor himself, Marcus Luttrell. And then you got some incredible business leaders like Bedros Koulian. NFL players like NFL champion punter Steve Weatherford, all in this book. You should check it out. First Class Fatherhood, advice and wisdom from high-profile dads, is now available on Amazon. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is family. All right, guys, let's do this. And right before the break, I was telling you, talking to you, tell your friends to get on X. Follow me on Twitter or X if you get a chance, at Alec Lace. I'm on there now. I will be starting to announce my upcoming guests on Twitter first instead of on Instagram like I was doing before as I'm trying to build my presence over on Twitter as well because uh, it is the place to be. So follow me on Twitter, at Alec Lace. All right, so let's do this now. Let us bring in Senator Marsha Blackburn, who is now in the Zoom room. Joining me now... Senator Marsha Blackburn, welcome to the Alec Lay Show. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you for having me on today. Well, it's an honor to have you here. A lot I want to hit on, so let's do this. Yesterday, there was some breaking news. David Weiss uh, now intends to indict Hunter Biden by the end of the month. We don't know the exact charges just yet. It seems more and more apparent that President Biden had his hand in all of these business deals uh, with his son. We know about the 5,000 plus emails with the fake names and the whole bit. How much does the Biden crime family put the nation at a high security risk? And what's your take on the Hunter Biden upcoming indictment? 
Yes, uh, it appears that what they are trying to do is indict him on a charge that would not involve Joe Biden. This is one of the reasons it's going to be important for the House to move forward on an impeachment inquiry so that they have that subpoena power and they can find out if everything that has been alleged in these emails on Hunter's laptop, if all of that is true, and the level of involvement of President Biden with Hunter Biden and his business associates during the time that he was vice president. And I think, as I said, from the laptop, the emails, the conversations, uh, what we have heard from IRS whistleblowers, what we have heard from Hunter's business associates, that it is of tremendous concern in the American people deserve to know if the vice president was indeed participating with his son and his son's business associates during his time as vice president of the United States. Yeah, well said, Senator. It seems like he was definitely inquiring more about than just the weather on those phone calls. So yeah. well, I, ho I hope that we do see them move to impeachment. One way that uh, Biden is putting our nation at a security risk is uh, down at the southern border. It is wide open. We are being invaded from the south. Fentanyl is flowing, flowing right through our country, turning our cities into zombie apocalypses. And the, the czar, the border czar, Kamala Harris, is nowhere to be found. Uh, how is the border crisis affecting Tennessee and Tennesseans? Every state is a border state, every town a border town, because of that open southern border. And what we have to focus on is that these cartels are international business organizations. They work globally. They brought people from 176 different countries to our southern border last year. And these are individuals that are claiming asylum under Joe Biden's watch. You have a total of 7 million people, that is those that have claimed asylum and those that are known and unknown gotaways that have come to this border. That's the size of the population of the state of Tennessee. That's the impact that is having. Now, you hear some of the big blue sanctuary cities complaining now about those that are illegally in the country coming to their cities. Well, they've rolled out the welcome mat. They've claimed to be welcoming sanctuary cities. But now that they're seeing the impact that has been happening on the southern border for years, they're saying, hey, federal government, you need to come in and take care of this. You need to send us some money to address this issue and to address all these migrants that are coming to our cities looking for help, children that are looking for education because we can't afford to, to pay for this. There is a solution and it is, let's do what the Border Patrol has recommended for decades. Build a wall or a barrier where you can have one, then where you can't, put better technology in place and give them more agents and officers to deal with the influx. That is the way to address this root problem. Right now, the cartels are the ones that are making money on this because nobody and nothing comes to that border unless it has first paid the cartel. Then they have access to that border.
Well, also, too, Senator, in the last year, there have been 40,000 encounters with Chinese citizens coming through our southern border as well. So is this just a sign that Xi Jinping is taking full advantage of Biden's blunder here at the border? Joe Biden is perceived as being weak. He's being soft on China. And uh, if you've read the 100-year marathon, Michael Pillsbury's work, you know that the Chinese are intent on making the 21st century the China century. Now, they've decided it is easier to penetrate our company, our country, and invade some of our programs than it is to go about it militarily. This is why you have seen them push Confucius Institutes, sister city programs. It is why they launched a spy balloon. It is why you've had Chinese tourists on some of our military bases. It's why you have had Chinese spies pose as researchers at some of our research institutes. So this is their mode of operation. And now, of course, this week, we find out that they're going to ban use of the Apple iPhone in China and force people onto Huawei devices. Why are they doing this? It is because they fear leaks from the iPhone and information that would get out via the the iPhone and their individuals using these um, these phones and the way some of this data is captured, manipulated, and then quantified. So we know that China is hard at work. They do not fear Joe Biden. What he should do is tell Xi Jinping, you stop sending that fentanyl over to these cartels because they are pushing this into the country. They are causing a crisis in every city. We are losing thousands of Americans. Last year, it was 100,000 Americans to these fentanyl overdoses. I have had local sheriffs in Tennessee. I visit with every one of our 95 counties every year. And what they are telling me is that just about everything from marijuana to gummy bears to pressed pills, it is all laced with fentanyl and people are losing their lives. Yeah, really scary stuff. So many families being just destroyed by the fentanyl that's coming into this country. And also, too, just on one thing on China, too, Biden announced yesterday that he's going to cancel the oil and gas leases in Alaska. And, you know, saving the planet is more important here to him. And and now it seems like that's going to force us to become more energy dependent on China, more energy dependent, more dependent on OPEC as well. Yes, and you mentioned OPEC. What they want is a $90 a barrel oil. That's what they're looking for. Right now, it's at 80. That's why a gallon of gas is up over $3.80 today uh, when you're looking at what this is costing. And that's for regular. That is not for a premium gas. So it is becoming very expensive for people in rural areas who have to commute to work to be able to make that commute because of what it costs to fill up the tank. You know, in Tennessee, talking with one of our county commissioners in one of the counties, they were talking about they they have kids, high school kids, uh, and 
what it costs to feed them, the price of groceries, the escalation rate of those groceries, the cost, the doubling in many cases of the cost of back to school supplies. And they were saying it's hard to fill up the gas tank and the grocery cart in the same week because this individual commuted, had a 30 mile to and from commute to and from work. And that is something that really eats into your budget when your wages are not raising and your wages are not keeping up with inflation and the average family in Tennessee is spending upwards of $800 a month just to tread water. Senator, you're right on. I'm one of them. I got four kids. There's six mouths to feed. We're feeling it at the pump, at the grocery store, and just sending them all back to school. We've seen the increases. And Joe Biden keeps touting this Bidenomics, uh, you know, on Twitter, on X. He's putting up these cute little graphs and all this stuff. But Bidenomics in the tweets looks far different than Bidenomics in the streets. And all Americans are really suffering from it. And I pray to God uh, we can get some relief soon because it just seems like it's going in the wrong direction. I agree with you, Tennesseans would agree with you. They're very concerned about inflation and what is happening with inflation. And, you know, it affects not only the family budget, but every town, every city, every county, their budget, because they've got schools to operate, school buses to run, police cars and sheriff's department that runs, the road department has to run, the jail is housing uh, prisoners. So all of these are needs that have to be met. And when you look at heating and cooling the buildings on top of this and what is happening with gas and electric prices, you see the impact on these local government agencies. Yeah, everything is up except Biden's approval rating. Yeah. And one thing, one thing, Senator, you know, I, I've hosted a show, First Class Fatherhood, for five years. I've interviewed over 700 dads on the podcast because I truly believe that, you know, our family is the most important thing that we have in this country. And when I launched this show to get into talking about politics, when Biden made the statement that there's no such thing as somebody else's kid, these are all our kids. And he started parroting those Marxist lines, that Marxist ideology, and they're trying to drive a stake between parents and their kids kids parental rights are, are need to be protected and defended right now and i think that if we could secure our nuclear families bring god back into focus get more dads back in the home i think 90 percent of the problems we're seeing in this country would start to dissolve quickly what's your take the family is so incredibly important and having someone there who is going to help rear and nurture these children that is going to teach them the difference in right and wrong who is going to help them to recognize the importance of a strong character, of integrity, of keeping your word, of believing and having a faith and knowing that faith is going to be fundamental and important. Those are all items that we need to keep our attention on. Yeah, very well said. And now we're making the run here towards the end of 2023. We started the school year. Uh, What are you looking to accomplish in Tennessee here? What are we looking to accomplish in the Senate between now and the new year? Well, of course, we are making certain that that emphasis on school choice for parents stays in place, having the money follow the child and uh, not the school site necessarily. That is something that we're hearing a good bit about. I have my Kids Online Safety Act, which is moving forward, which would put the responsibility 
on these big tech platforms to make certain that information that causes self-harm or information that is illegal activity, that kids are not having access to that. There are rules in place in the physical world that keep children from being exposed to pornography and other things. So it's important that big tech makes certain that they are keeping our kids safe, that those kids and their parents have a toolbox so that they can deal with those algorithms and make certain kids are safe online. Yeah, it's easy to say, just don't let your kid go online, but that's becoming more and more difficult each and every year. And it's so, and, and it's every time you try to talk about this stuff that's being forced into the classroom, uh, they say you're banning books, but it's really this pornography and this uh, this ideology that we're trying to yeah, keep out. Yeah, the cyberbullying is very bad online. And a lot of teachers and principals talk to us about that and the impact that that has on the school day and the negative impact that it has on our kids. Yeah, very well said, Senator. Last thing, because I have a second to hit you with it. I was curious to get your take. Gloria Johnson, one of the Tennessee three, uh, announced that she's going to be challenging to your seat in the Senate. Uh, what's your take? What's your response on that? There are three socialist Democrats that are running in a primary. They believe in abortion up to the minute before and the minute after uh, a baby is born. They believe in uh, no tax cuts. Uh, one of them is in the state house and has voted against every tax cut that came up. They believe in open borders. They believe in gun confiscation. So I'm running on my record. Uh, it's a good record of serving the people of Tennessee. And you've got three that are running that would make Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer and uh, Nancy Pelosi look like moderates. Wow. Scary stuff. Very well said. Senator Marsha Blackburn, it's been an honor to have you on the podcast here today. Thank Good you for giving me a few minutes you. of your time. Thank you. All right. What an honor to have Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. I really appreciate her giving me a few minutes of her time here. Uh, hit me in the comments below there. What do you think about the interview? Uh, who would you like to see me interview next on the Alec Lay show here? Uh, but listen, Biden's got this country so in, in, in such a shambles here in so many different ways with the crime, the, the, the border, the prices, everything has gone downhill. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? There is no way. Uh, we cannot have more of this guy. And, and not only that, not only is his policies bad for Americans, he's bad himself because look at what this guy did. Such a disgrace. He walks out of a Medal of Honor ceremony. Now, first of all, I, I am deeply troubled by the fact that this became the major story, other than people not even knowing that there was a Medal of Honor recipient uh, the other day. Army Captain Larry L. Taylor was re received the Medal of Honor for his heroic actions during the Vietnam War. He flew his helicopter into heavy enemy fire to save his teammates, to save his brothers in arms. Uh, and, and this is why he was getting the award. But the story wasn't about Captain Taylor. The story was about Bozo Biden, who just decided to wander out of the ceremony. Here's the clip. Yeah, this is this is the same guy who, uh, you know, checks his watch at the service for the fallen people in Afghanistan that, that, that died as a result of his 
Afghan withdrawal debacle. He's checks his watch at the ceremony in an act of disgrace. Now here it is. Here's a positive ceremony celebrating the heroic actions of Captain Taylor. And what does he do? He just walks out of the ceremony. Just randomly walks out. Now, of course, Karine Jean-Pierre was uh, questioned about this, the press secretary, in the briefing room. And here now she tries to dance around this. As you knew, they had time to prepare. Well, how are we going to explain this uh, away? Here's how she did it. He wanted to honor uh, the captain. And for a brief time afterwards, he also uh, didn't have his mask on, as you just laid out. Uh, and he left as planned, as it was planned. Uh, he left uh, when there was a pause in the program in order to minimize to minimize his close contact with attendees uh, who, are, uh, who are about to participate in a reception. And uh, as you all reported that, noticed that he left uh, uh, when there was a pause in the program because, again, he wanted to minimize uh, certainly uh, uh, his impact on folks who were there. So we're going to blame COVID for this. He wants to limit his exposure. Look at the picture of him with the Medal of Honor recipient, Captain Taylor here. Does he look like he's concerned about limiting his exposure? Now, first of all, his wife tested positive for COVID. He tested negative. So he doesn't have COVID. So what exposure is he limiting? Limiting exposure for what? For what reason? He's limiting his contact, uh, his close contact. He doesn't want to be in close contact to the people there, but he's right next to them breathing down their neck. But he's afraid of giving them COVID. He doesn't even have COVID. So is there a new dimension to this COVID where you don't even have it and you could transport it to somebody else? Is that a new variant that they come out with now? So he wanted to limit his exposure. Now, he's not wearing a mask, right? And as a matter of fact, you know, he, he's, he's even making fun of the masks now. Not only was he not wearing it, he's making jokes about not wearing the masks. Look at this. Hello, everybody. Let me explain to the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. Okay, so he makes fun of the masks here. He's not wearing a mask, but he's going to be, he forced you to wear the mask. He said, oh, I don't want to wear this thing. He's making fun of it. Like, oh, don't tell, don't tell people that I wasn't wearing it. Nobody's going to be wearing it, Joe, because we ain't going to comply this time around. That's all over with. But so here it is. And, and God bless Captain Taylor and his family, uh, an American hero who had the spotlight stolen from him uh, by this absolute fraud that's in the White House right now. It makes me sick to see that that happened on such a special day. And here is, uh, you know, so many, so many things have gone upside down in this country. And if you're not following libs of TikTok on X, you got to be following them because she does such a great job of pulling out these people that are being produced by this woke culture that we have in our society. And it's dangerous what it's doing to people. Take a look at this one that she posted yesterday on libs of TikTok. This one was just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, and I'll describe it for those of you who are listening on Apple and, and Spotify, but you got to listen to her first. This could be uh, a co-worker of yours in the, in the near future. Uh, listen to how this woman talks about being at her job. Two things to know. I'm non-binary. I go by they, them. And I work in a store that is pretty much all women. So whenever they're like addressing us or when they're talking, they're always like, hey, ladies. So I've taken it upon myself as someone that is non-binary to use this uh, to not listen and whenever anyone addresses a group as ladies I am not included so when they say hey ladies let's like stop talking or hey ladies let's like get to work I will do none of it because you're not talking to me you're not talking to me you're not talking to me so I will not listen to anything that is said 
when it is started with, hey, ladies, I'm a lady, not a lady, a lady. Whenever you hear the they, them pronouns, you know you're in for a lot of trouble here. But if you guys, I know some of you ain't uh, watching this live on Rumble, you're not watching the broadcast, you're listening to maybe on Apple or Spotify, but this woman has got not shaved eyebrows, she's got like slits in the eyebrows almost like maybe she was kissing a candle and like the wax burnt like a like a line in the in the eyebrows i don't know what she's going for with this kind of look but using the they them pronouns i'm non-binary this is what our society is producing right now this is where all this wokeness stuff is leading this is what the indoctrination in the school systems is leading to this is what happens uh, when you keep secrets from parents about oh you could change your pronouns you have teachers that are encouraging the kids to change their pronouns you could be non-binary here's a product of that you could you imagine the joy it must be to to, to share a workplace with this lunatic So follow Libs of TikTok uh, if you want to see just how loony we have gotten in this country. And it's very depressing to see, especially the youth in this country and even the teachers. So many of the teachers post these things on TikTok and it's like, wow, why would you even do that? And number two, why do we have to allow our kids around some of these people? One of the other major stories that broke this week uh, was the sentencing of the Proud Boys for their role in January 6th. And you have got, you know, the, the, the guy, the leader of this Proud Boys thing wasn't even there. He was not even there at January 6th. He was in a hotel room nowhere near January 6th. He got 22 years. And you have Democrats celebrating this uh, on the other side. Here's this guy, uh, Brian Krakistan, or whatever his name is here, uh, comparing this guy to Hitler and to bin Laden. This guy was never, wasn't even there. He didn't, and you're talking, the guys, this Brian Lefty guy is saying that, oh, well, just, oh, Bin Laden wasn't there on 9-11, and Hitler didn't kill the people in the in the concentration camps. This guy didn't cause anybody, nobody killed anybody on January 6th. The only people that were killed were the Trump protesters. Ashley Babbitt was the, was the most famous one that's killed, and I believe there was a couple other protesters that died that day. But Ashley Babbitt, I, as far as I know, was the only one murdered that day. I know the 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 mainstream media still has you believe that police were killed on that day. They weren't. No police died that day. Uh, There were police officers days later that killed themselves. One guy died of a stroke the following day, but nobody was murdered. Nobody was killed. They're comparing this guy who wasn't even there, who didn't take part, who didn't tell anybody to cause anybody any harm. They gave him 22 years in prison. And the other people that were uh, that were there that that didn't that were that did nonviolent acts that were just trespassing on the on the Capitol grounds, 17 years, 15 years. This is wild to watch what's going on. And the left is applauding this. These are political prisoners. I would have to imagine that the next president, if it's Donald Trump, is going to pardon these guys. Uh, I, I can't. I, it's, it is so crazy what is happening to our country, especially with the justice system. You had all these Black Lives Matter rallies where you had actual murders going on, people that were that were burning down buildings and cities, burning down police departments, burning police cars, cops that were murdered. You have settlements going on that where they're giving hundreds of millions of dollars to the protesters for inconveniencing them during the Black Lives Matter riots. 
And what was January 6th? Let's be honest about it, because we could talk about it, especially on platforms like Rumble here. January 6th was a staged riot. It was a setup, all in a fact to hide the fact that they stole the election from Donald Trump. That's what it looks like to me. I don't know about you, but it looks like January 6th was a complete setup. It looks like they primed these guys and they looks like they had people in the crowds. We're finding out more and more about who was in the crowd that was agitating this whole thing that sparked the fuse. And, you know, they talk about bad characters like Alex Jones, who was there that day on film, on record, telling people to get away. It's a trap. Like that meme you always see from the Star Wars. It's a trap. And it seemed that way. It seems like it was set up. And now they're now they're making sure that if you challenge another election in this country, that you're going to face 22 years in prison. That's what they're doing here. They're making an example of these people. And that's why they're making these sentences so hard. You challenge our election, we'll throw you in jail. And that's what they're doing to President Trump. You could go on YouTube and you could talk about any fantasy you want. You could talk about the JFK assassination, flat earth, we didn't land on the moon. You can make a video about anything as far out as you want, alien abduction, whatever you want to make a video about. You can do a whole documentary series on YouTube or social media, it won't get touched. You talk about that 2020 election and they will erase your channel. What does that tell you? You don't question our elections. If you do, we are going to make you pay. And God be with President Trump with these indictments that's coming up. And I know that they're trying to take his name off that ballot in multiple states. We are are in a countdown to chaos in this country come 2024. And I pray to God we'll make it through it. All right, so those are the stories that I want to hit again. uh, Very grateful an honor to have Senator Marsha Blackburn on the podcast with me today. If you missed our interview, just rewind here. This will replay on Rumble. You can catch it on a playback. Uh, I really want to say thank you guys for all your help really sharing this podcast, getting the word out, help me spread the word, build us up here in the algorithm, in the rankings. I'm doing some good numbers on Rumble. Please follow me here on Rumble and share this with your circles. Share it on social. Uh, let's build it up. And again, follow me. The Alec Lay Show is my channel, new channel that I started here on Rumble. So if you click my, my profile, you'll see channels, The Alec Lay Show. I'm going to start doing these live broadcasts over there. Uh, so I'd like to try to have everybody over there by October 1st. And I, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I will be on Fox Business on the bottom line with uh, my buddy Sean Duffy and Dagan McDowell tomorrow at about 6.40 p.m. I should be, That's usually the time slot I'm on when I go on that show. So if you want, tune in. I'll probably uh, play a share clip from that uh, appearance on Tuesday's podcast. I will be back here live, going live on Rumble. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Doing my best to lock down guests for you. Had another great one today. If you want to stay up to date with the guest announcements, follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Alec Lace. All right, so that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, God bless you listeners. God bless our first responders and our military veterans. God bless America. And I will catch you guys next week.